Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the WCBC Podcast. I am Hunter. I am Alan. I'm Josh. And hey, we are here and we are back. And hopefully this week we're going to finish out the Beatitudes. Um, for you guys that listened last week, we hope you super enjoyed it because we sure did talking yeah, about it. Good time. We were planning on going through the Beatitudes last week. Yeah, but. we wanted to finish, but this, I guess God just had another plan. I mean, the three of us kind of – which I always forget that you guys can't see us. But it's funny because, like, the three of us were just, like, looking at each other. And I was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. And then an hour went by, and I was like, okay. Hunter actually picked his notes up and waved them in the air. Like, well, I guess we'll use these. Just threw them. <laughs> Might as well. Eventually, uh, talking about seeing you guys, we are going to get to the point eventually where hopefully we can video this and also post it on Thursdays on our church Facebook and maybe our website. Um, just because some people might like visuals more than they can do better at listening like for me um i listen to sermon in, po- in my car because i really can't do anything else so that's where i can really like soak in something um but i know i would i would watch this as well more than i would listen so we'll, we'll put that out there um so be looking forward to to that but uh kind of to start us off we haven't done this in a couple weeks which that's it's on me um we wanted to just remind everybody that we do have an email it is media at watsonschapel.net that you can email. And we kind of want to, you know, throw just a small challenge out there to say, you know, hey, if you have questions, you know, we've been at this for how long many time. weeks? Yeah, nine, oh, long nine time. Weeks. Long time. Nine, yeah, nine, nine, nine weeks. Nine, long time. Either one sounds right to me. Um, but, yeah, we've been at this for a while. And so I know that we have people out there that are listening very consistently and so uh, we just want to throw a challenge out there to at media at watsonchapel.net. I can't talk. Send us your questions. Maybe it's about the Beatitudes. Maybe it's about something we've talked about before. Maybe it's something else about the Bible. Um, send us your questions in. Send comments in. Maybe statements that you have of things maybe you're confused about or um, you don't know about. Because we would love to be able to take you know the first 10 minutes to be able to answer your all's questions before we keep going with our segment. Um and, I mean, that even goes for us. You know, we have questions. We have things that we bring in sometimes and we talk about um, before the podcast even starts. You know, we're talking about stuff we should probably go ahead and record. Well, when we started this, it kind of the, – the concept was to be a, a dynamic tool for the church to yeah. uh, be able to – Equip use the to saints. Equip the saints and educate and, and to be there for, for folks that do have questions. So, yeah, absolutely. If you've got questions you want uh, – uh, you know, maybe you struggle with something, uh, uh, shoot us an email. Yeah, and we'll uh, we will definitely take time. And I, I check the email weekly, um, a few times a week, so um, I will be checking it regularly. And I'm looking forward to seeing some emails and some some comments and some questions come in. So, guys, uh, let's get this going. So we're gonna be in Matthew five seven, and so um, what I'll do is I'll read. And um, Josh, if you want to start us off after I read with what you got, uh, so it says, "Blessed are the merciful." for they shall obtain mercy. Josh, what do you got on that? So when I was, when I read this and was studying this, um, I was thinking about mercy and what exactly it means to be merciful. And then I, it, it took me into Titus, um, Titus 3, 5, and it says, um, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration of renewing of the Holy Ghost. And, that, and the, the mercy that was bestowed upon us for our sinful ways and the grace that was given and just the, I mean, when I come to realization of who I was 
and then the need of a Savior, just having that mercy that he showed me, it makes us look at things differently. You know, we don't see people in the same light. We see them now as, you know, our heart hurts for them because we want them to witness and experience Christ and what he can do. And uh, that's the, the the merciful part of it is it's it's, a, it's an attribute that we get, and it's like a, it's a change of us though in our heart from Christ. So therefore, when we look at others, we see them, and like I says, we have we have a place that we aren't as harsh to judge them. We ain't you know saying things against them. It's a place where we find compassion for them, and basically give them encouragement instead yeah. of discouraging them and telling them, hey, you know, you can do this. Well, that, that's, that is very true. But at the same time, with, you know, that mercy that we got, that yeah. was a gift. So we have to show others that, you know, just the love. Yeah. And, I mean, Alan talked about this scripture it was probably two or three weeks ago about, you know, the man that owed the king or the – he owed him a lot of money, basically. And, you know, time payment time came. And he looked down on the servant, and he was just like, you know, I forgive you. You don't know me. So he leaves there. Then the guy who got forgiven goes to someone that owed him money. He's like, give me my money. You it, know? Wasn't, it wasn't near as much money either. No. Just a little bit. Basically, you know, puts him in like a full Nelson headlock. Yeah. He's like, give me my money. And then, the you know, the king hears about it, and he comes back. And he's like, I forgave I you. Mean, yeah. Yeah, and so then, it, so it's one of them things that when you look at it, almost when you look at it, um, to obtain mercy, you have to show mercy. And the Bible talks about the mercies of God being you. Yeah. You know, daily. And when we get up, and, and one of the indicators that lets me know that, boy, I'm telling you what, I'm, I think that I'm seeking God and I think I'm getting close to him is when I realize just how fortunate and blessed I am. And I understand that, man, I'm not as pessimistic as yeah. i used to be and I'm, I'm understanding man there's some things out there in this old world that's wrong yeah man there's a lot of things that uh, we need to appreciate and the mercy of god's one of them yeah he's yes. merciful to us yeah and i mean when you think about it in this context too that he does show us his mercies every day like letting us wake up and things but also like i think about um you know the lord he he's just been working on me lately different yeah. different scriptures i mean I'll read something and then all of a sudden I'm completely broken because what I just read, the Lord's like, this is for you, big boy, swallow this one. And it just shows me that in a way, he's showing me his mercy by continuing to work on me in sanctification because he's wanting me to grow. So I think when we think about God's mercy, yes, he did bestow it on the cross ultimately for our sins. He does bestow it every day that we wake up allowing you know us to drive, to walk, to do all of these things, but also... When he chastises us or he trains us or he guides us or calls us, or any, he's showing us mercy because, in a sense, he's calling a flawed human to do something to glorify him. And in a way, I mean, that's just him showing mercy. Absolutely. He, he could be like, well, you're not good enough. When you, th- mm-hmm. when you think about mercy as a definition of what, when I, what comes to my mind, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Right. Because we deserve yeah. to be punished. And the Bible says that the way just sin is death. Yeah. Yeah. So if we got what we deserved, it would be death. Yes. Yeah, but and the I, mercy of God allows us to have that eternal life. Yeah, and there's some, I mean, that's like a concept I guess I, I can't fully understand. Like, I'm a thinker. Um, I love intellectual things about the Bible, like the deep stuff. 
But that's just something that's so deep that there's really not a limit to it, the mercy of God. Right. And so I can never fully understand it um, because I think about the wages of sin is death. And I look at some of the things that people did in the Old Testament, like nations, and he would just, like, snap a thumb, they're gone. And so I don't fully understand, like, why I'm still here. And you're maybe you're listening to this, you're like, what is he doing? This is what I'm doing. I don't understand why I'm still here sometimes because I know I'm flawed. And I have issues. And I know that when I put compare my life to the Bible, dude, I'm, like, under it. Like, I'm not even average. Like, I'm below... You know, if it was on a scale of one to ten, I'm like negative a million and it's still going down. And so there are days that I look at myself and I look at humankind and I'm like, why are we, why? You know, why did he choose? Why did he do? And I'll never understand, but I know this the Bible says that he is a merciful. Yep. He did show mercy. He chose to forgive us and provide grace and mercy. Um, and so to me, it, instead of a lot of times, instead of I keep questioning why, I found myself just saying, thank you. I, yeah. I completely... Go to the, yeah, a season of Thanksgiving. Yes, you know? and I, I completely have no clue. I don't know the answer. Yeah. I never will, but that's okay. And I came to that conclusion um, last year and a little part of this year of like, I'll never understand, and I still make mistakes, and yet he still opens doors for me to serve him. And I've just come to that point of, you know what? Instead of trying to analyze it, I'm just going to say thank you and keep looking forward. Well, that's, that's a really good point. Because I can, I can remember times of study when I would read about the children of Israel. Yeah. And, you know, you, you would think, man, if I saw the Red Sea part, mm-hmm. man, that would be one of those yeah. moments in my life where it impacts me. And I'm like, man, God, you're great. You're powerful. And I would never, ever, you know, lose faith or confidence mm-hmm. in you or, or do anything despite you. But you read how the children of Israel just over mm-hmm. and over and over again, we're disobedient, we're unthankful, or ungrateful, and and you, I catch myself looking at them, thinking, "Man, alive, what's wrong with them people? Yeah, mm-hmm. what's wrong with those guys?" But then we stop and think about, it, just like Hunter just just mentioned, man, how many times Absolutely. in my own life, yes, yeah, do I catch myself, yep. thinking, "Man, you're a you're a mess up, Alan." And yeah. they didn't even have the Holy Spirit back then. Right. We do, right. <laughs> Right. So how how dare I how dare I pass judgment upon them? Thinking, man, if I were in their shoes, I would never. Right. Uh, don't make statements like that, Alan. Yeah. And that's the thing is that actually we had this conversation last night at my house, and that's what I was telling. We were talking about it, and they said that you know they, the, one of the kids asked, and they says, "How could they do this?" And I was like, "Are we not guilty of the same thing?" Exactly. I the mean, same thing. We, we have it exactly the same way. And I mean, one of the things was uh, Psalms 107. You see that account four times they cried out for help. Four times God delivers them. Four times they rejoiced. And then you know, yet the, the cycle continues. And I was, uh, that's what I said. I said that's exactly who we are. Yeah. And, and God continues to be merciful. Absolutely, every time shows mercy to us continually. And I mean, even like. You know, and I know that, like, when you think about the Old Testament, like, they weren't walking in the Spirit like we were. Now, like, David, the prophets, yeah, they they definitely were influenced by the Holy Spirit and had that presence. Uh, But even, like, you know, sometimes I kind of think about, like, David in the sense of, like, man, you talk about a guy that was a king and basically a prophet, too, and yet he made those mistakes, and it did affect his life. Like, when you think about him and Bathsheba, 
after that happened, his life really wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Like, things did go downhill. Or even like his son Solomon. You know, God said, your love of women has driven you away from me. Or even like Moses, you know, when he when he beat the rock. You know, he hit it too hard and he couldn't. He had to answer for that. Yep. And, and you look at the Old Testament guys, and what blows my mind is this. Is that these were men that literally, like, communicated with God. Like, they were the spokesmen of God. And I know that we have preachers and pastors, but I'm saying, like, there wasn't about ten of them. It was like, this is our prophet. This is the new prophet that's been anointed. This is, this is. And you see that, like, Moses made a mistake. But he was still like, okay, I'm content with it. Yeah, Yeah, because he understood that God showed him mercy by even picking him to do. Or even, like, you know, when you think about Eli, when you read in Samuel, you know, Eli, because he didn't deal with his sons right, his life was going to be taken. And so, you know, you got young Samuel, and he, the Lord shows him a vision and speaks to him. And Eli comes up to him, and he's like, tell me what happened. And he's like, if you hide anything from me, you're going to have to answer from it. So, I tell, so Samuel tells him everything. You know, he's like, your life's going to be taken. And Eli says a phrase. He's like, well, if that's what the Lord sees is good, then let it happen. And he was so content with it. But I think it's because they realized the mercy that they had already been given. And so for them to make a mistake, they were like, okay. I'm going to answer for this, and I'm okay with it because this is God is just, and this is what he's going to do, and he's shown me mercy because he could take me out right now. And, I mean, Samuel literally told Eli, you're going to die. This is what's going to happen. You're going to, your son's, it's going to, and he said, okay. And, and it's just crazy because these were the men that God chose to be the communicators. Moses, I mean, David, what he did. And David still made mistakes, but David still served Israel and he was still there and I think it's mostly because they realized I mean David you know in the Psalms when he cries out for repentance yeah don't take don't take the spirit away from me that's right and he even prayed for the chastisement so it would just so they knew that yeah. he still and they always had to beg for the mercy of God and God did deal with what they did and they had to answer but now it's like we're in the the New Testament and it's I'm being told, I have a preacher get up and tell me that my sins will be forever. They won't be remembered as far, you know, as far as the East is. I can be forgiven for all of my sins and not have to, you know, obviously what you reap is what you sow. So if I choose to do something and there's repercussions, just like the guys in the, yes. But you're telling me that his mercy is so big that I, I could be a screw up my whole life. And, and I mean, just, but still every day strive to seek God, strive to and make it. But yet, when I die, I'll I'll get to go to heaven and still be cleansed of my sins and have eternal life. I'm never going to comprehend that kind of mercy, you know. David and them. I, I'm sure when they when they died and they finally got to be where the Lord was, I, I'm sure they that they were like, man, oh my gosh, this is so much bigger than yeah. I. Moses got to show up on the mount tra- in the transfiguration that occurred. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it just shows us that... Hit him in the cleft of the rock. Yeah. Our God and His mercy is so big and so vast and so infinite that I truly believe I'll never understand it. And I mean, when I get to heaven one day, I believe there will be things that will be made known unto us. I truly... You know, when we get into that perfect sense of a new, a perfect body, a sinless world... I believe we're going to know things, but even then, man, God's still going to be so much bigger than what I, I will be. Absolutely. And when we uh, 
when we do these podcasts and we talk about God's word and we talk about, uh, you know, educating and, and maybe saying something that that might uh, challenge you to, to a, a deeper relationship with God or to pursue a, a closer walk with him, uh, understand that the reason that we do these things is because we really are uh, in a position as the body of Christ to uh, try to minister uh, not only to one another but to the community and to the to the folks yeah. that are in our mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, jobs and workplaces and our, our, our uh, circles of influence that m- maybe they're needing some mercy yeah. maybe they're needing somebody to just stick their hand out and and and, and, and let them know that somebody on this earth cares about them Absolutely. and not only somebody on this earth cares about them somebody above this earth cares about them oh and i and it and it's like Ty said, our worship leader, um, last night at prayer. He said, I just feel like God's calling us into deeper waters. And there's a lot of songs out there that talk about walking in, wading in. And I, I just feel like, that, like you're saying, Alan, that's just something that we all need. And we all might feel it. But when we realize that, that's just a calling to walk into a deeper water. And in um, the time of day that we live in, it's easy, easy to find an excuse yeah. To excommunicate yourself from society. Yeah. To be antisocial and say, hey, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with anybody. Or to look for a reason to escape or, an ex- you yeah. know. But look at how many people are out there right now. Yeah. Needing hope. Needing some. Needing somebody to, 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 to slide in beside them and say, hey, you know what? How you doing? Right. Walk with them through uh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in you. And, and I want to make sure that, that you understand that God loves you. Yeah. And you're important. And when you look at, I mean, what Josh said, just walking with people. I, I One time before I ever, you know, got into, like, youth ministering and all that, I met with a guy that I knew, and his name's Matt. He's a youth pastor in Marifle. And, I mean, just, like, I've known this guy, and he's always been the youth pastor. You know, like, we go play basketball, and Matt would show up and be like, yeah, the youth pastor's coming. And he's been doing it for so long, and he's been at two, this is his second church he's at. And I remember we were sitting down drinking some coffee, and I was like, if there's something you could tell me, what would you tell me? And he goes, well, you're not Jesus. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you need to realize that in any sort of ministry, whether you're full-time, not full-time, half-time, whatever, he's like, you're not Jesus. You're not called to be Jesus. Like, you know, we're going to try to be like Jesus, but, like, you can't save anybody. Like, you can't give them the complete answer. You can only point them. And so when we walk with people, that's literally what we're doing is just pointing them to Jesus because I will be the first one to tell you that there are people that I, I, I teenagers and college age, that guys that and, you know, girls that I get to minister to every week and I try to help. And I, but I'm not the answer. Right. I'm just pointing them to the answer. And it's like that song out there. Well, I'm just a nobody trying to tell you about somebody. And that's what walking beside someone looks like because the you realize that you're in no place i mean you you have sinned just as much as anyone else and that's where you realize like hey i'm here to help you get to jesus i'm not jesus i i want to portray jesus to you i want to shine that gospel light to you but i'm here to walk with you and i love that you said that because we are called to walk with people, not control where they walk. Right. Like, they're going to go through things, and all you can do is point them to 
the Bible. You're going to see things. All you can do is point them to the Bible. People are going to ask you questions. All you can do is point them to the Bible. And, and I love that because when Alan said it right there that, you know, we're here to help people. We're here to point people. What you two just said adds up, just like an equation. We're here to walk beside people to get them to where they can have help, they can receive mercy, and, and all of these things. And so if you're out there listening right now, whether whatever role you're in, maybe you're looking for help, you're needing someone, or maybe you're the person that's helping someone, I want to encourage you in both places. Look unto the Lord. Look unto that temple that Jonah said. I yes. will again look unto your holy throne, your holy place, um, because... that. That's all we have because we're in a hopeless world. And, you know, I, it's like me me and Josh were talking about before this is that there's a lot of people in this world that do a lot of things, and we have no clue why they do it. But one thing that I, I've kind of examined lately is when you look at a person's life and you look at their goal or their focus or all of these things, I think Mark 8.36 uh, is what came to my mind. And I think I wrote where he's, what does a man profit if, if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? And we just live in a day and age where everyone wants to gain the world. Everyone wants to gain the world. And it's just made me sit back and reflect of like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, you know, when an atheist gets up there and tells you that there's no God, there's, what's the point to that life? There's not one. But when you get up and you tell people that there's a God that made a plan and a way of redemption, that makes sense to me. Right. That adds up to me. And that is something worth living for. So you guys got, go ahead. Well, the, the thing is, too, is that, you know, we get to this place to where the joy that we get is is in Christ. Yeah. You know, and it, you could be doing a mundane daily task that you're going through that you do a thousand times. Yeah. And he just brings you to this place to where you realize, you know, like the mercy that was bestowed upon you, you know, from where you were. And with the changes that he made inside of you, it gets you to a point to where, you know, I, I mean, I was there today. I was there at work, and I just started thinking about, you know, the mercy that he showed me. And it it, it, it broke me all over again, yeah. you know. And, I mean, that's the reason why we, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I work in construction, you know, so there's guys in and out of the house, and I've got tears rolling down my face, you know, and the guy's like, are you all right? I said, buddy, I'm better than all right. I'm blessed. Yeah. You know, because it's that love of Christ. Get you some. Yeah, you know, it's that love of Christ, the way he showed us, you know, and I mean, and that's what keeps, that's what keeps us going. You know, that's that, that's why we show the mercy. That's yeah. why we show and share the gospel message is because of what it, the impact Christ had in our lives. You know, I mean, and, and that's what, you, it's not, it's not a religion. It's, it's Christ. Yeah. It's, it's a personal experience that you can share with others. I mean, it's, it's every day. It's like, you know, I was at a church this Sunday morning and I got to preach there and I took, I was talking about, you know, if church to you is a Sunday and a Wednesday, you are living in a religion more than you are living in a pursuit. And it's one of the things that we are called daily. When you read in Acts, Paul, yes, Paul on the Sabbath was in the synagogue. But do you know where he was during the week? He was in the marketplace. He was out working with his own hands, trying to minister unto people. And listen, I'm not Paul, and I'll never try to put that expectation on my life because I'm, I'm not Paul. I'm Hunter for a reason. But when you look at 
like Jesus. There's a reason why he mentioned the word daily a lot. Yes. You know, pick up your cross. Come yeah. come follow me. Paul said, I die daily. Daily, yes. And, and it's because it's a daily pursuit. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There are times in my life where, you know, I have questions. I have things going on. But yet, if I go a day without praying or without doing listening or reading or something, dude, it's like the worst day I've ever had. Like, I just feel so empty inside because, I mean, it's like, you know, the other day, you know, I got to watch, I watched TV at my house for just a long period of time. And when I got done, I was just like, I feel so empty inside. And it's because I took a lot of time to just watch something about the world. And it was about football and I love sports, but it just showed me that I was so empty at the end of it, and it ministered to me that basically the Lord was just like, why are you wasting time on something that's going to leave you empty when you can come spend some time with me at least? Yeah. And that's where it just calls us to that daily. I mean, prayer, reading, and I'll be, you know, there's days where like it's just busy, 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 and I might get 10 minutes to just read or 10 minutes to recap on a study or I'll listen to a podcast or some music or something that has to deal with Jesus and one, I find myself just full of joy. Like, I love music. And when I listen to some of the worship songs we sing here at the church going down the road, dude, I crank that thing up to like 40, and I just start weeping. Yeah. Or I'll start singing. Um, uh, and it's just like, that blesses me. And when I get done with that, I'm like, mm, I, I feel good. I feel ready to go. And, and it's like a pregame warm-up. Yeah, you can have 50 million pregame warm-ups, and yet it still wears out. But I'm telling you, there's just something about Jesus where it's like, ever since I got saved, I got a taste of that living water. I got a taste of that true bread from heaven. And I'm telling you, every day. And it's like, as I get older, I need it. I can't go six hours. Right. I can't go eight hours. I hope one day I can't go 30 minutes without yeah. doing something to acknowledge Him or to worship Him. And, and I'm telling you, if the world could just get a taste. It's like I was singing this yesterday about Nineveh. You realize when Jonah went there and Nineveh repented, everyone repented. Like the king down to the cows. They repented. And I thought, what would happen if our whole country repented? And we all at the same time just prayed to God for mercy. Yep. Do, do turn, you know what could happen? Turn yeah. back to him. Yep. yep. I mean, it, it could be unreal. And reality says that's not going to happen because some people are, I mean, we're in the, I think the falling, the falling way is definitely taking place. People that just want sin more than that, it's happening. But I'm just thinking, man, I, I really think the reason, ultimately God's plan will be done. You know, he knows when the, it's time for the church to come home. He knows when tribulation and all that. But I think it's because of the prayers of the saints right now, praying and hanging on to the hope that America yeah. could have. So, is, so literally, in, in, not, in, not in concept, but in practicality, what do we do as a church? What do we do as a Christian? What do we do as uh, our part and responsibility so uh, we talk about the church being separate being a light being the salt of the earth the salt that preserves the yeah. thing the glue that holds things together uh, the the responsibility that's left on us uh, the fact that our our faith's been placed in christ and we've got a firm concept on uh, john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave someone to god's son who sure believed in him wouldn't perish have everlasting life yeah First John three sixteen, it says, uh, "Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. We ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren." Seventeen says, 
but whoso hath this world's goods and seemeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? So when we talk about mercy and compassion and and and, and thinking, man, alive, it's it's a really uh, uh, easy time to get selfish right now. It's a really easy time to focus on what's going on in our world. Yeah, but boy, it's a really good time, a really prime time. If you want to stand out, if you want to be separate, hold your composure together and show some compassion to somebody that needs it. Yes, and it's like I was telling Josh this too last night in our. The college small group, you know, they're talking about imitators of Christ. Well, they talked about how Jesus was a servant, and we need to imitate him. And, man, we got to that verse that said that he emptied himself and took on the form of a servant. And that phrase, emptied himself, I was like, under, I understand that, like, according to doctrine, that he didn't give up his deity, like some people are going to tell you, like false teachers and stuff, that, and some people that are just way in left field. No, that he kept his deity. That just means that his human, he literally gave everything that he had human life. He gave his life up. But it just hit me because I was like, you know, I haven't been asked to empty myself up to that point. But it, I told Josh, it's almost like God, I was reading it and I saw that phrase emptied and it was almost like God was just like, are you still emptying yourself for the ministry? And I was like, mm. and I about started crying. And Chris was like, you know, what, what impacted you about this? And I was like, I feel like God just got me. He said, are you still emptying yourself? Are you dying daily? Are you giving everything that you have for the brother, for the sister, like Alan just said? And I'm telling you, it's one of them things that money might be tight, things might be tight right now, but I'm telling you, just being able to empty yourself in the way of saying, hey, are you okay? Can I pray for you? And I know people that would love to be here. I know people that would love to participate in, in worship, corporate worship. But realistically and practically, because of either age or, or underlying health, or, con- health yeah. conditions, it's just not practical. Right. Yeah. So uh, rather than me judging their their faith yeah. and, and maybe doing something harmful to them in a moment of weakness, man, why not be compassionate? Yeah. Why not reach out? Why not pick up the phone and say, hey, what's going love. on? Love them. Love yes. you. Love you. What can I do for you? I mean, it's, yeah. and we and we have a kid, you know, and new kid. I'm not gonna say names or anything. That's been coming on Wednesday nights, and I mean, you know, yeah, he doesn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't stand up for worship. He doesn't want to do a lot. And I'm telling you, I was like, you know what? I think there's more to this. And after service was over Wednesday night, I got a chair and I pulled up beside him. And I said, "What's up, dude?" And we talked for a minute. And I'm telling you, he just started telling me about his life. And I thought, we only talked for about ten minutes. But in 10 minutes, he trusted me enough to tell me about his home life right. and how he's what's going on in his life. And I thought, exactly what you're talking about. We need to show compassion. We don't need to look upon someone who's not around or right. not participating. We need to show that compassion and that love. We don't have to be a rock star. You don't have to be no. a scriptural guru. You don't have to have the know-all, be-all, end-all. I wouldn't of, want right. to. You, know <laughs> yeah. you just got to be available. Make, yeah. your, yes. make yourself available to be used by God. That's yep, all yeah. you got to do. In, in sincerity. In sincerity. You know, yep. Because the, the, we get we get so wrapped up in our day. So like, well, for instance, you see somebody and you're like, hey, how are you doing? Are you really waiting around for the response? Or did you, is it just in passing? Yeah. Because yeah. Just continue to walk. Did you, yeah. I, I really didn't want to know. I was just, <laughs> just making yeah, conversation. Just, exactly. <laughs> it was in passing. But, you know, when, when you have that sincerity, you yeah. know, and I mean, that's that's probably what that student felt. 
you know, you, you pulled up now and you're with his level. You're sitting next to him, you know, so and you he's like, hey, that. how are you? You know, and I mean, that's the thing, you know, so that's to be more aware of, you know, who's around us, you know, and to, to give ourselves, you know, to, to use ourselves to say, hey, you know, how are you with sincerity? Yeah. To truly wanting to know how that person is. And all of that, all of that to get it like to the work. All of that is being merciful. Absolutely. Literally showing compassion, showing sincerity, showing care, showing all of the words, that adjectives we've just used. All of that is being merciful towards that person. Not even that they've done anything to us. Maybe I don't even know them. But I just know this, that Jesus was a mer- merciful man. And I will never be Jesus. And I'll never have all the answers. But I'm going to try my best to be a nobody. Trying to tell somebody about somebody and if Jesus was merciful enough to stop and say, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Or who touched me? Yeah. And start talking to that. Then I mm, I better try my best <laughs> to do it. And that's just where when honesty sits in, I don't do that enough. Right. I don't because pride gets in the way. We're, we are flawed people. But if Jesus, and I'm telling you this even more, if Jesus took time when I was 12 years old, to just say, you're lost. And he was that merciful towards me. The man, I, I need to try. Keyword, try. I'm not going to perfect it. But just to look at someone and be slow to speak and quick to listen, you know, yeah. and, and hear what they have to say. That's because a lot of times people are going to come up to you and be like, hey, this is going, I need to talk to you about this. You may not even see them on a regular basis, but something inside of them says, I trust so-and-so enough that I'm going to go tell them what's wrong. And if and this has happened before, that literally they'll start speaking. I'm like, I have a hundred things to do right now. I have to be, and then all of a sudden God is just like, but did I not just allow this to happen? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And then I sit back and I listen because God allowed that to happen, and He put us in each other's lives. You're you're a young man, Hunter, but I want you to know how many adults can absolutely tune in and connect with the statements you just made. Because myself, I catch myself. I was late today. I had to call you guys yeah. and say, hey, guys, I'm going to be late getting there. Yeah. And I started to say, man, just, just go ahead. But I didn't, want, I didn't want to miss an opportunity because I understand, man, alive, this is this is valuable. Not, not that I've got anything to offer yeah. you guys or offer our listeners. It's valuable to me, right. an opportunity for me to, to, to sit and, and meditate on God's Word and share God's Word from my heart. And I understand the need for God's people to just make themselves available. Yeah. Just intentionally make yourself available for God to use. Don't focus on killing it or knocking it out of the park or any type of results. Yeah. Just be available. Just be available. And and have a merciful attitude. You know how many people sitting out there waiting right now just to – when we talk about mercy, maybe it's just to change their train of thought for a second to get their mind yes. off of the. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that's mercy. Even it's mercy. Even celebrities and rich people still have moments where they're they're weak. Hey, let's yeah, let's sit down and talk about something that just you know maybe gets you a little bit of ease, peace yeah. of mind, and off of your uh, you know current circumstances. Uh, you may be listening to this, and you may be in that spot where you know what. And I've, I, my plate's full, and I, I don't have time for any of the things that you're talking about. Man, shoot us an email. We'll pray for you. We, we will. Yes, big time. We would Absolutely. love to pray for you. Yeah, and I, and that's just it. All goes back to when it comes to people, when it comes to circumstances, when it comes to p- 
people doing you wrong. Blessed are the merciful, for they should obtain. If we want mercy from God, we've got we need to be able to show it to the rest of the people around us. So let's go to this verse eight. Okay. So I'll read it and then y'all, whoever wants to start. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Josh, you want to kick us off? Alan just pointed. I didn't know you saw it. <laughs> <We're> researching. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so but, uh, the pure in heart. So with the with the pure in the heart is is that place of uh, truly seeking and speaking and being of what's come. And I mean, well, here's here's how it, this is the way I interpreted this when I read this. This is what I got out of it to be pure in heart. So what was the what was the Pharisees' biggest drawback to them was their heart. They never had the heart issue for Christ. You know, and when we when we truly get Christ, our heart changes and we get that pure heart yeah. to where our motives become pure. You know, the things like we we have been discussing this hour is that things do change. Yeah. You you don't look at your job the same way you once did. Yeah. You know, you don't look at it like I mean for me personally, I used to have very high expectations for myself in my career. And if I if it was going to be done late, I was going to be the guy that stayed late to do it. I, and I wanted to excel at excellence in my career. Until that heart changed. Yeah. And my heart became pure. And with that pure heart, that's where you start. That's where all of everything that's been listed so far with that pure heart is where we also see all of these attributes that come through. Because we don't look at people the same way. We don't look at them and think of them the same way. Our motives are not the same that they once were. You know, our motives, and that's where that sincerity that I spoke about comes from, where you ask somebody, you know, how are you? That they understand that you're not just, it's not in passing. Like, you're really concerned for them in that moment, and you really want to know, yeah. how are you doing? You know, because we, I want to I at least share with you. Yeah, and it's like you said, Josh, when you're saved, when you have that, that the veil, I mean, you realize the veil was torn for you to be able to have a relationship with God. That's what it's talking about, because the only way you can see God is if you're saved and you're pure in heart. And it's like there came a point in my life to where it, everything just changed. Like I, I didn't care about my career. I mean, I knew I had to make money to live, to eat, to pay for things. You know, I, I knew that, but I wasn't considered about the big job or the big dollars or the big. And I'm st- I'm really still not. I know I have to save money. I know there's things that I'd like to do. That you, we live in a world where you have to have money to do stuff. But at the same time. Man, I, I realized this when I was 18. There's something else out there worth living for. Absolutely. Within the dollar. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, ever since I turned 18 and I felt like God was calling me to ministry, I was like, I don't care. I, I, I know I have to live. I know I have to do things. But I, I'm telling you, I mean, I, I did. I had a college scholarship for track and field. And there are times where I'm like, man, I love sports. How cool would it have been to go be a college athlete? But still, after all that thinking's over, I'm like, my choice I made was the best decision I could have made. Because I realized those sports didn't matter anymore. Seeking God, doing ministry, and trying to be pure in heart as much as I can Mm -hmm. was way more important. And it's like, you know, in Psalms 15, 2, he who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart— 
And when you think about being pure in heart, it's walking blamelessly. You know, it, it, it's walk, it's doing what is right. It is speaking truth. And, and let me, I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, yes, I we do make we do make bad decisions. We do sin. We do fall short. But there is a seed within me that will never sin, right? The Holy Spirit with me will never experience sin. It will never be flawed by sin. Everything within me and about me will. But that Holy Spirit, that seed, that God, that First John or Second John talks about, it will never sin. It will never experience sin. But I'm thankful because knowing that the Holy Spirit of God is within me, when I am affected by sin, I know who to pray to, and I know what will cleanse me of that sin. Because when you think about the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 3, when Jesus says you must be born again, he's talking about regeneration. There's only one thing that can wash you in the blood of Christ. There's only one thing that can wash you clean, and that is the Holy Spirit. That's part of his responsibility right now in the New Testament church. So I, when I was saved, I was cleansed. I was white as snow. But now there's something within me that's going to keep cleansing me. When James says, don't be stained by the world, be unstained, mm-hmm. when I get stained, there's only one thing that's going to cleanse me. My mind immediately when you start talking about that is the uh, the purifying process, pure heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, when you talk about gold or, or, or fine metals that have imperfections and the miners would take that and they heat it, and they burn off all those imperfections and impurities and drag that stuff yeah. off the top. And what's left with that pure? Well, sometimes we find ourselves in that refiner's moment. Uh, you know, maybe it's maybe because of decisions we've made. Yes. Maybe it's because of a position that God's preparing us for yeah. and, and just molding us and making us into what he wants us to be. But that, that purifying process, you know, it doesn't stop with salvation. And sometimes there's there's rough edge, is there not? That's yep, got to be yep. chipped off. That's yep. got to be molded over. Yep. And that's gonna that's gonna pop up. But that's where I just find comfort because I know this: the molder of the clay will always take care of me, yep. and he's not just gonna throw me in the trash. Nope. Now, I might be the ugliest looking pot you've ever seen in your whole life, <laughs> but I know who's gonna clean it up, and I know who's gonna fix it up and get it to where it needs to be. He's able to keep that which I've committed to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He started a good work. Oh, he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. And that's like I tell teenagers, especially because in this day and age, a lot of them, you know, people quit on them. And I'm like, dude, let me tell you about somebody that's not going to quit on you. Because when I was a teenager, I played sports. And listen, I wasn't the most athletic. I had to work harder than everyone else to try to – because I wasn't the most athletic. I had coaches. I had friends. I had people who quit on me. But, see, that's where I learned people are always going to quit on me. People are always going to leave me hanging. But the most faithful person that has been with me from age 12 to age 23 has been Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I'm telling you, there's times where I'm telling you, I've been like, God, you feel so far away. But, you know, Peter said, we're all of his offspring. And he said that he, he's near to all of us. He's, his ears incl- always been inclined to me. Anytime I've called on him, he responds in his time. Anytime I have to vent, anytime I have to confess sins, even if it's like, I, you know, something I struggled with for a long time or something I still struggle my pride. You know, I'm a prideful person. I well, have to repent of my pride all the time. We but, all are. But mm-hmm. he listens, and he knows that I struggle. My flesh, he knows what the thorn in my flesh is. He knows all of those things. And what I love about him, is he doesn't quit on me. 
He could have, right? He could have just let me, he could have given me over, he could have took me out early because uh, of all the trouble that I might cause. But he won't. He won't at all. And not only will he not quit, but he'll help me get restored and he'll help me keep that pure in heart by the Holy Spirit that's within me. And and it's like, you know, the other text, uh, which was 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it's that text that says, we look in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So we look through that glass darkly, but I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to see him face to face. And then Paul says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So let me me tell you something that fires me up. Go ahead. I've never met Jesus. You need to calm down, young man. (laughs) I've never met Jesus eye to eye. I've had that spiritual experience of being born again, and Jesus takes care of me. He's always there for me. I see him. uh, I mean, like today, you know, somebody donated money to our children's program for a playground that that Tracy's been wanting for a long time. I see Jesus in that. Yeah. Because he worked on that person to give mm-hmm. that money. And so I, I know right now that I have questions, I have things, and I, I can't fully understand things. But I know this. like this, Paul, One day, I'm going to see eye to eye. And here's the person. I will f- fully see him. I will fully know him in that moment. And I know this. He's fully known me the whole time. The whole time. And it's yeah. because he's fully known me the whole time, and my name is on that list. And one of these days, he won't look at me and say, I don't know you. He'll look at me and say, good and faithful service. You you come in. Let, come in. You come on in. Your salvation has been, cle- been complete in this day. And I'm telling you, I dream about the day. I'm telling you. When when I, I walk into heaven, and I know there's descriptions, and I know there's things about it, but I, I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to lose a 1,000 pounds that day of baggage that I've had to carry in my yeah. flesh. A million pounds. And I'll get to shed all that off, and I'm going to walk in, and I'm telling you, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to be able to look him face to face. I'm going to be able to hug him. I'm going to be able to touch And I'm just going to thank you for all that you've ever done for me and for getting me here today. And it may not all make sense right now, but I'm telling you, like the reference text said, one of these days, because he's made me pure in heart, the second part... I'll see him, yep. mm-hmm. and I will know him yep. personally. And, and that's an awesome thought to think about. It is. Yes. It is. And we, we we talk about how our, our minds are limited, and we're in flesh, and there's things that, uh, man, alive, God, I don't understand. There's going to be a time when we can rest assured the fact that, you know what, it's all worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all worth it. The things that we worry about here that have zero eternal implications what we're doing right now man it's got everlasting implications it's got eternal implications yep when we talk about the word of god going out and impacting somebody's life and it impacting somebody else's life and we've talked about that pebble that you throw on the yep the pond that's glassy and, and slick surface as soon as that pebble breaks through that surface tension that ripple comes off and then there's another ripple it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, those ripples cover that entire puddle, the pond, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. That's how the Word of God works. Yeah. And when you think about, like, there's just something, because we're believers and we are pure in heart and we know that we'll see God, we just have a different outlook on the world. I mean, it's like, you know, I think it was last week, Christian Broadcast News posted an article about the, you know, the 
uh, Arabian countries made, there's a peace deal made between the Arabian countries and Israel, and Trump's been able to help do that. And most people might look at that and be like, world peace, heck yeah, this is great. I look at that and think, okay, have the, the Arabians have owned the piece of land that they've been wanting to build that temple on. And me and my dad, we were talking about it. I'm telling you what, we're going to see God soon. Might be 10 years, might be 15 years, but I know this, there are things happening right now, even that peace deal, that are leading to prophecy completely being full. Because once Israel has that land and they can build that temple, that, that's the temple that one day the Antichrist will come in and he'll, he'll ruin and he'll make people worship him in, in there. And I'm thinking, no man knows the hour, knows the thing, mm-hmm. but because we have a pure in heart and we know that we're going to see God, we just have a different outlook on the world. Yeah. We don't have the career, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When things are hard or, you know, um, when people go through hard things in life. Yes. And they look at it and they say, man, Jesus got me through that. Yep. And the world looks at it and they're like, how'd you do that? How'd you get through that? How do you not care about that anymore? We say, let me tell you about somebody. That's right. It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't me at all. It was him. Yeah. Well, that's like the other day when Ty uh, Ty actually mentioned before prayer that he said that um, when Peter came or was on the boat and he seen Christ walking across the water and he says, you know, call me. There's there's that story has always just had an impact on me because there's a couple things and the two things that I really take from that story is one when Peter started to sink he cried out and it says that immediately he had that help. But the second thing that always strikes me is that the storm was still going on. It just says when they re-entered the boat, that at that end he hushed it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and so when we when we are experiencing something, it's not always that it's delivered. We're delivered from that. It's just that he's given us that peace in that moment and that to, uh, to to get us through it. Yep. You know, that strength, that daily. And, I mean, that's a daily strength that, you know, at times it, it's like, you know, Lord, help me. To dependence. Uh, that's yes. who Peter was dependent on. I mean, yes. He didn't say, Lord, don't let me sink. He said, right. Lord, save me. That's right. It's a source of salvation. And yes. he's the one that keeps us. Uh, uh, and I've said this before. Uh, there's some chemicals in my head that get out of balance every now and then that I don't have the power or the ability to keep in balance. God does, right. and he does that, and he keeps me uh, uh, rational, and he keeps my heart in a position that keeps me from getting uh, you know, too elevated in my own self and in my own opinion and, yeah. and keeps me uh, uh, in a position that I understand and appreciate the fact that I wouldn't have enough sense to get up and dress myself if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have the ability to earn a living for myself if it wasn't for him. And I wouldn't have the the, the, the things that I have if it weren't gifts from him. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, he's the source not only of all our blessings, but he's the source of our salvation. And Peter had understood that uh, when he said, you know, God, save me. Yep. Save me. And, you know, I, I even, man, you start talking about Peter in that moment. <laughs> and it started making me think about Job. Because, you know, Job went had it rough. But at the end of it, you know, Job's like crying out. He's like, where even is God? Where is he? And he complains, and he does, and all of a sudden, you know, the Lord comes back, and he's like, well, who did this? Mm-hmm. Well, who did this? Did you do this? Do you know who did this? And he's talking about animals. He's talking about nature. And then you get into Job 42, and Job answered the Lord, and he said, I know that you can do all things. There is no purpose of yours that can be thwarted. 
Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Here and I will speak. I will question you and make it known to me. I had heard of you by hearing of the ear, but now see my eyes. You and I mean, he he's a, he is confessing and repenting that he his he's talking about things that he didn't know, and that just you know it, it's like you talked about that. Pete, the storm's still going on with mm-hmm. Peter, right? So. Job is still suffering in this, mm-hmm. and he's at the point where he's like, where even is God? You know, his friends are giving him bad counsel, and he's like, where even is God? And God says, I made this. I did this. I did. And I mean, it's long. And I mean, when I read it for the first time, I was like, I was where Job was. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know all things. I'm <laughs> sorry. But it, it just shows you that, you know, sometimes he does allow those storms to keep going yes. on. And he allowed Job, he allowed those things to happen to Job. Why? Because what happens at the end, right? Job complains. The Lord answers him. The Lord ends up restoring him, you know, double portion. And some people are like, well, how? I just don't understand how God could, uh, why would Jesus allow the storm to keep going with Peter? Why would he allow him to start sinking? Why would he do those things to Job? And I'm looking at it like this. Do you understand the testimony that just got recorded, Right. Because here I am a 2020, and I'm telling you, I'm sinking sometimes. Yeah, and I cry out unto the yeah. Lord, and he restores me just like he did Peter. Or sometimes God might allow things to happen like Job, because now I get to read the life of Job, and now I'm sitting where Job is sometimes, and I'm going, God, I'm sorry I questioned you. So just like you were talking about, I know if, uh, my, with, with a fact, just as plain as the nose on my face, that one of these days I'm going to see God. Yeah, I've got my faith in him. And, and that faith is what the Bible says we're talking, you're saved by grace through your faith. And that knowing that I will see God in heaven is one thing. But let's talk about the the, the verse that we're, that we're reading right now. It says, uh, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So that person that's going through that trial, they don't understand. No. But they've got that little bit of hope, that yeah. little bit of faith. In our trials, we can see God. What happened to Job? Yeah. It's exactly what happened to Job. He saw God. Yeah. God come to him and said, hey, what, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And snapped Job out of that self of uh, yeah. p- that pity trip that he was on. Like, where you at, God? Job's like, quit. God's like, quit feeling sorry for yourself, Job. I've done this, done this, done this. <laughs> and yeah. And then we'd see God through all those things. Yeah. He, I mean, the things he allows are even like, you know, let's say this. We all, we God doesn't make us sin. We have a free will that chooses to sin and makes those decisions. And so it's even like when I mess up or I do something and I'm or I've let a thorn in my flesh be created that's hurting me for years upon years. I I still look at those things. A person should still look at those things and remember what they have. And remember there's only one person who ultimately is going to deliver from me the, from sure. this one day. There's only one person that can help me get out of this. Um, you know, when when the man looked at to Jesus, he said, "I know you'll heal me if you will." So I, there's a point as a Christian where if you're making decisions and you've messed it up, right? There is a point where you're going to reap what you sow. And, and I, it's not a question of if he can. Yeah, just like you're talking about. It's not a question of if. God's got the power, or if He is able yeah. to, yeah, it's a matter of am I able to meet His criteria? Yes, and, and it's like even with Eli, you know, God told him about his sons, and he didn't do anything about it. And when Samuel told him, he said, "All right, what the Lord seems, what seems right, the Lord needs to happen." 
And so there comes a point even in a Christian's life where when you reap what you sow or you mess up or you do something and something's getting ready to happen, you still understand this. Man, I'm, I'm in trouble. But let me call upon the one that can redeem this. Let me call on the one that can rescue me out of this. And there's going to be times where I've learned this. I'm going to, I'm going to take my whipping, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to get what I I made that choice, and I'm going to have to answer for it. And I can't blame God because I used my free will, and I forsook him. And, that, and I remember in my younger days, I made some bad decisions. And I remember going home when I was in high school, and my parents were waiting on me. And they know the, the school called him. My friend, somebody's mom called him. Um, I got caught, right? And so, all right, I know what's getting ready to happen. But now that I'm older, I'm telling you, God has just shown me. He's like, dude, who, who you know, who redeemed you? Yeah. You use that as a testimony now to help high scores. Who's allowed you to do that? Yeah. And, I mean, even when things go wrong or, you know, um, bad circumstances come up, you know, kind of like what you were talking about, there's just something, something about us that's like, I can't, I'm not giving up. I can't let go and that's, because. And, that, and we need to understand, make, make sure I make myself perfectly clear. I understand that bad things happen to good people and not every circumstance that I find myself in that's unpleasant is a direct result of sin that I've committed. But I guarantee you, I can almost, and I, I'm not going to do it, but I can almost name you times and events where I have been going through something unpleasant, chastisement yeah. of God, yeah. and specific sins come in my brain thinking, all right, big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun then, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Fun then. And it's chastisement that makes me repent and turn back to God mm-hmm. and remove that stuff from my life. Yeah. Or even times where it's almost like he warned you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't ever get back in. Mm-hmm. Stay out of that. Yeah. You're, you're I a, rescued you the first you're time. A, you're yeah. a child of mine. You don't belong there. And, you don't belong there. And, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, there are things that do happen in this life because maybe someone makes a decision to hurt you or times get hard, money gets short. There are things that happen because of not of decision. So I, I'm not, but I don't I am saying this. When I grew up, you know, when things would go wrong, they'd always say, you know, that old devil's working on you. That old devil got you where you are. And I'm thinking, I, once I started reading scripture, I thought, that's a cop out. Mm-hmm. And you're li- you might be listening to this going, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I agree 100%. Honey. I'm saying this. 100%. People you and I do this too. People use, they'll say, well, the devil's work making me. He's not making you do anything. Nope. He might be tempting you. There might be evil spirits. There might be things going on around you that might be tempting. But he didn't make you make that choice. So you can't use, if we're going to tell lost people, right, that they can't use as a God, they can't use God as a cop out and blame him for wrong things. We can't just say, Man, Satan made, made me do, me do that. Yeah. Because, yes, Satan is evil. And I, I'm not trying to give any props to Satan. No, because he is bad. I'm not, I mean, yep. he wants to hurt you. He wants to do those things. But he wants to in, as about entice you. He wants to deceive you. And Romans 6, you know, it, it, he wants to bring you back into some sort of bondage. Right. He does. But you have a decision and a way of escape. And I realized when I was younger, you know, about 18 seconds, I had to own up. I couldn't blame anybody else. I couldn't even blame Satan for the deci- those wrong decisions because I made that decision. In the moment, there was a way of escape. There was something in my mind that said, this isn't right. This is out of God's word. I'm, But I made that decision anyway. And so there is a time where we have to own up for our decisions and 
come to God. I'm telling you, when I when I was little and I used to do something bad, I knew what was getting ready to happen when I got home. Yep. And I was like, you know, I duck my head and I do all. And it's the same way with God. When I do something wrong, I come before him with my head down. Oh, I do. Sometimes I'm not I lay on the floor flat on my face because I know what I've done wrong. I'm coming before my father and I'm in error. So that does happen, and we can't cop anything out. We've got to own up, right? If we, if true repentance is owning it, right? Accountability, yeah. You can't blame anybody you. else. That's right. You have to own it. And yes, there is a deceiver out there that is behind the things that you might be falling into, but you've got to decide. I am more than a conqueror, right? That's what we are more than conquerors. We've got to put on the armor of light, the armor of God, and step over it and, and keep going. And so, yeah, we've got to own it. But are there times? where things are just out of our hands and persecution. I want to share a little something with you, Hunter, for future reference. <laughs> the longer you hang around, the more you're going to... The hardest times, some of the hardest times in my life is when pride had crept in yes. and I was in complete denial that I was in the wrong and I was pointing and blaming other people for my spiritual condition. Yeah. Like, uh, if it wasn't for him or if it wasn't for so-and-so, what about that one? It, as long as I'm looking for somebody to blame it on, I don't have to admit fault. Yeah, right. I don't have to right. admit bingo. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not guilty. It's, right. Look, it's all these other people that's got the problem. Is that not why kids te- blame each other? Yes. And it's it, it, today. And it, there's nothing pleasant about admitting you're wrong. No. I tell you what, it's essential. It's essential for a child of God. If you're in pursuit of forgiveness and that pure heart, and you want, you have to own it. Yeah, you get on it. And here's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, the, my sermon this last, the Lord, I felt like the Lord late was the Lord searches the heart. And so I was, the truth was this. Scripture talks about Old Testament and the New Testament. God knows our heart. He knows our intentions, our desires, our imaginations. So what's the point of running from him? What's the point of hiding from him if, if he already knows? And so that just brought me to a place now that as a young man, there are things that I should start dealing with right now and giving to God because I know this. That eventually the light will expose the darkness. Sure. Whether that's through private conviction or maybe everything gets brought up before others. Right? Right. And so that just inspires me now that, like any of us, if we're listening to this and we know that the light exposes darkness, that means this. There's something going on in your life right now, in my life. I'm speaking to myself right here, just as much as I'm telling anybody else. If I know that the light is shining on a darkness in my life, I should go ahead and take care of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, if I don't, I don't want to know what could happen. Yep. And, and I, it, it's not easy, right? No. It's no, not no, easy. It's not because the Bible, I mean, it don't move those provisions, those things that the flesh crave. Move those fleshly lusts. Move those things. So there's a party that's going to crave them, like you crave some pizza, but it's. The question is, is, okay, Lord, how can I avoid and decrease these cravings? How can I pray these things away in the name of Jesus? How can I put on the armor? How can I grow and mature in wisdom and in sanctification? How can I do these things, right, to get that craving to die? Yep. And there are a lot of people out there, and I'm one of those guys, I- I'm telling you this, I know that we're always going to struggle. I know there's going to be things that come up in our lives. But I know this. I know there's a God out there, and I know who He is. I know His Son. I know His Spirit. And I believe that He can help us fully put things to death. Will something new come up? Probably. 
Will those things try to creep back in? Probably. But it's almost like uh, Paul Washer said one time, it's almost like searing something with a hot iron. You press it, and you press it, and you press it, and eventually you burn it, and it dies. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's what we need to try to do as Christians every day of our life, is press on that thing harder each day to the point where it's gone. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. It is hard. It's not easy. Well, I mean, this is, Christianity is not easy. But you want to talk about a, a place that where peace about? Where, if you want to talk about a, a a position where there is just reassurance and acceptance, if you get to the point where you understand that God knows all about me anyway, yeah, right? God yes. God knows my heart, God knows my thoughts, God knows what I'm hiding, God knows what I struggle with. When you get to a point where you can trust Him. And you can come clean with him and say, hey, you know what, God, I need your help. I'm not perfect. I, I do have problems. I do have things I need your help with. And depend on him. The fact that he knows exactly who you are and he loves you anyway. Right. And he accepts you as who you are. Then you have that freedom to just be you. Mm-hmm. Just just be Hunter. Be, be Josh. Just be Alan. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be fake or phony. And that adds to what we've been talking about this you know, just about the whole hour. Where we can then be genuine. We can yeah. be who we are in yeah. Christ because of that love that we've experienced. Changed who we are. Changed how we interact with folks. And also, that is that light that separates us from a lost and dying world that's full yeah. of doom and gloom. Yeah. yeah. Well, touching off of what Alan just said is that, that, that sincerity and that honesty and a lot of times, too, is it's it's not just honesty amongst others. It's honesty with ourselves. Exactly. It's, yes. it's to be able to look and, and to evaluate and say, hey, you know what? I probably didn't say it right, but that's exactly yes. what I was trying Bingo. to get yeah. to. It's a, yes. You know, and I know. I, I, nobody knows oh, we all, Yeah, we're the, all guilty of it. And the only person that knows me better than I know myself is God. God, yes. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, uh, wait, the Scripture says, I mean, who knows? A, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase. Who knows a man better, right? Mm-hmm. Then his soul is spirit that's within him, right? Yes. It yep. searches, it knows all things, and then it talks about the spirit of God, searches the mm. deep things of God and all. And honesty with yourself. Yes. That's a that's a huge step. And, and you know, kind of going with what we're talking about too, about, you know, being honest with ourselves, being honest with God, not trying to avoid think about this. When when Jonah fled the presence of the Lord, right? So it says Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Think about this, right? So he goes on a ship, but where does he go in the ship? Into it. He went down in that thing. And it says that he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah gets in this boat. He goes into it, not on top of it, not at the very top. He goes into the boat because when the storm comes, they have to go find him, right? right? So he's hiding. But all of a sudden it says, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And I and I said this this Sunday, when Jonah got in that boat, do you not think he knew what was getting ready to happen? Oh, yeah. The Almighty Lord just gave him directions, and he thought, well, I'll just run from him. I'm going to go hide in this ship. But then it says that the Lord threw a great whirlwind right where the boat was. Did it not say that the Lord designed a fish? to swallow him up, and that fish showed up right where it needed to be that day. And that shows me this. In my life, I can hide. Mm -hmm. I can run. I can keep things barricaded within me and put a wall up. 
But let me tell you about a Lord that knows exactly where to be and where to go throughout time. It's like I said this Sunday. Why do you think sometimes you sit in a church service and you hear a sermon and you get convicted? Does God know? Does he not know exactly what to convict you about in that moment? Yep. Did he not give the pastor the sermon without you having to talk to him? Where you hear them scriptures and you think, oh, no, this is for me today. I better get my plate out and my fork and just eat this right now. That's because he knows. He searches the heart. And he knows this, and this is scary, too. I mean, think about this. He knows who truly is pure in heart. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And one, one of these days, there's going to be a lot of people that say, ah, man, I'm pure in heart. I'm pure as they come. Okay. The Pharisee also said, well, I'm better than him. Ah, thank God I'm better right. than these. Yeah. They look like it on the outside. Yes. But one day when we step into eternity, he's going to know who really is pure in heart. He's going to know those people that every day of their life, they pursued him, but he's going to know them people that came to that same conclusion Paul came to. Wretched man that I am. I'm chief of all sinners. Because Paul can say that, but there's times in my life where I'm like, dude, let's just close the books. I'm the worst. Right? But And it's not a bragging thing. It's not a I'm worse than this person. It's this. We realize more and more each day how poor in spirit we are. are. And that's a true thing. And that's how you can realize you're pure in heart and become more pure and more holy is you realize how less you are and how more he is. Because when you become less, when as John says, let me decrease so you can increase. Let me submit to you. When you can realize that you have to decrease your pride, your lusts, your sins, you've got to decrease. you got to, how you view yourself, right? I mean, it's like I can go work out and I can look in the mirror and think I look like, you know, Rocky Balboa or Arnold. You know, I, man, I'm looking good. But still, there's still someone out there that's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. There's still someone out there that's better than you. And every person, bodybuilder, whoever will come to that. And that's just like this. I can't boast about being a better Christian. Like, there might be times where I might feel like I hit it out of the park. Yeah. Be like, mm, man, that just went good. Killed it. Killed it. Mm-hmm. But still, then I go home and I look in the mirror and I go, man, yeah, I'm yeah. terrible. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so wretched. Thanks, God. Thank you mm-hmm. for using me today exactly. to glorify right. you. That's it. And so, I, I mean, being pure in heart is a huge thing. And I hope all of you listening to this can be pure in heart because if you're not, you won't see God. That's the truth. So with it, we're about an hour and 10 minutes. Um, so it's we'll finish up next week, maybe. So, guys, do you guys have any final comments or anything that you want to say about anything we've talked about today? No, we we do spend a lot of time thinking about the, our listeners and, and what they're going through personally. And uh, I tell you what, man, we hope this helps you. We hope that you get in here and we, we talk about sanctification a lot. And we talked about, you know, being in pursuit and, and slowly maturing to a place to be in more like Christ. And uh, what we've talked about today, uh, if you apply it, uh, it it's going to help you. It's just, this is not milk, guys. This is meat, and it's going to help you grow. Mango. Josh, you got any? Uh, lately, to actually today, um, one of the things that's been on my mind is prayer. So, um I just challenge anybody listening, whoever first thought comes to mind, just pray for them. Lift them up in prayer. So instantly, as soon as you think a thought, just lift them up in prayer and pray for each other. Uh, encourage each other. And uh, like I said, help, uh, just be, help, help to show Christ. You know, be, be present or aware of your presence and who's around you. Mm-hmm. Take the time for somebody. Yeah, definitely. And I, all I can do is just say, 
what they said is on point. And I'll challenge you guys, hey, let's be merciful. Let's be yes. merciful and so we can obtain mercy. Let's remember that we are pure in heart and one day we'll see God. But let that challenge us to strive every day to be pure as we can. So, guys, uh, again, if media, watch chapel.net. Send us your questions, your Bible questions and your life questions. Send us some stuff in. We won't say your names during the podcast. We'll just read the question as it is. Unless you want a shout-out, we can do that too. It's all good. So, guys, uh, this is Hunter. So, so long for me. God bless. God bless. All right, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.